The Way Out Podcast, episode 103. Welcome. Thank you for joining us on this week's installment of The Way Out, sharing stories from people just like you who have recovered from alcoholism and other addictions. The Way Out does not speak on behalf of, nor are we affiliated with any 12-step organization. Our purpose is to share with you, one episode at a time, what it was like, what happened, and what it's like now. The Way Out Podcast is sponsored by Transitions Daily. Would you like to join a free, anonymous, online group that offers a daily topic email with popular recovery resources accompanied by a secret Facebook group for discussion? Go to dailyaaemails.com for more information about Transitions Daily. Don't forget to share dailyaaemails.com with friends, in meetings, and with sponsees in recovery. Make sure to check out the official website of The Way Out Podcast at www.wayoutcast.com. There you will find links to our latest episodes on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Radio FM. You can also follow The Way Out Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Help us get the message out that lifelong recovery from alcoholism and addiction is possible by giving us a five-star rating on your favorite podcast platform. Have a question or comment about an upcoming or previous show? Call us right now. Area code 218-382-1960. We're going to start featuring your comments and questions on the podcast. Call us anytime, day or night and leave us a message on whatever is on your mind. Maybe it's a previous episode topic or something that you're struggling with in your own recovery. Call us at 218-382-1960 and leave the Way Out podcast hosts a message and we could feature it on our next episode. That's 218-382-1960. Help us recover out loud. Would you like a medallion or a coin? from your favorite recovery program, hand-forged, into a beautiful ring? Go to allrecoveryrings.com and choose from over 15 stunning styles, all hand-forged by expert craftsmen. What are you waiting for? Do like I did and get your very own recovery ring today. The Way Out Podcast is on right now. I'm Charlie, and this week, my co-host Jason and I are bringing you an incredibly useful and enlightening discussion on surrender. More specifically, we discuss the spiritual axiom of surrendering to win, and how that principle is uniquely applicable to recovery as well as other aspects of life, such as in relationships, work, and even sport. Surrender often has a very negative connotation. But we're flipping the script on surrender and giving you the ability to apply the surrender to win principle in your own life and recovery. Plus, we take calls from Buddy, Ev, John, and Jack. Listen up. Jason, welcome to the Way Out Podcast, brother. What up? So, our friend and partner in crime, Alex, has a prior commitment, so it's the Jason and Charlie show today. Whoop, whoop. It's all good. We're gonna, oh, yeah. we're gonna, we've got broad shoulders. We talk okay? a lot too, so <laughs> <laughs> we do. Yeah, it works. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and we can fill up this podcast. That's not a problem. Most definitely. So, a couple things. Uh, number one, 
we are on a recovery power topic, and that is surrender. Surrender. I'm really stoked about this too, man, because this week I've, I've had a lot of people reaching out to me that are struggling trying to figure it out, and people that have been doing great and all of a sudden just relapsed this week. I mean, it's been, I don't think it's even any kind of coincidence. There's no coincidences no. anymore, huh? It's been nuts. So let's talk about surrender. Let's get a definition. Okay. okay. And according to the Googles and my Google foo, Google foo, surrender <laughs> means to cease resistance to an enemy or opponent and submit. Submit. So that's what surrender means. And I think that's a good textbook definition. I can certainly relate to that in my own recovery, right? For sure, for sure. I wanted to kick off a couple of times. So surrender, first of all, surrender sounds so final. Mm-hmm. It sounds like I lost. I failed. I'm not good enough. It 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 carries with it. A negative connotation. So many. Yeah. Nobody really cares to admit complete defeat. And that is a quote that comes out of the 12 by 12 yep. that we'll visit here. It's the here. first fucking sentence. Yep. <laughs> Who among us yep. cares to admit complete defeat? Yeah. But for all intents and purposes, that was the fundamental requirement for me to really enjoy meaningful and lasting recovery was complete 100% total surrender. Yes, sir. And Mm -hmm. although the first step in the 12 steps says admit, uh, admission was not enough for me. Can you relate to that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I had to be so utterly out of ideas, like lost complete faith in myself, trust in myself. I mean, I was, I was like, I'm done. I, I think that there's something to be said about when you finally, you don't think that you can figure it out. You know, you, you lose that hope. You've exhausted all avenues. Yeah. You lose that hope in yourself to that point. Um, was the greatest blessing I could ever get in my life, you know? So, preceding surrender was this hopelessness oh yeah and when i did you know then i was able to like let somebody help me follow directions really surrendering in this case in the recovery standpoint is just um getting to a point where you're willing to follow suggestions you know take direction that you are willing to admit that your ideas thus far have not worked yeah, I suck at life. <laughs> so so maybe I'll try a different idea. Yeah. And you know, too, I think it ring it kind of rings true that textbook definition, you know, it said to uh submit to a to a foe or an enemy. Well, everybody who knew solutions for me and tried to call me on my bullshit throughout my addictions and you know, tried to really be there for me and show some actual genuine concern and care and love for me. Um, I did. I perceived them as the enemy mm. and I pushed them away. Right. Mm. Um, 
I wasn't ready to face that stuff or do what it was going to take, you know, and I think maybe on some level deep, deep inside, maybe I kind of knew that. And that's why, but I don't know. I think I was just in fight or flight mode, you know, like to protect my using at all costs. So I don't know. When we're in that stage of addiction, at least for me, so this was the one thing that w- that had gotten me through everything, mm. you know. And a coworker of mine asked me about an individual who is a practicing chronic alcoholic, and this individual that was asking me these questions didn't know anything about alcoholism, right? So he was really confounded and didn't understand why this individual would persist drinking to oblivion every day. Every day. Every day. <laughs> and I said, brother, see, it's fear. And it's fear rooted in this is the one thing that has gotten me through all of the things. Yeah, it, it has our gotten me through Everything. Everything. So, <laughs> I'm not going to let you take this one thing away. Right? And I will fight like a, you know, like a like a wild animal in a corner. Right. If you try to take the one thing that has gotten me through, and even if it's only for a fleeting amount of moments every day, it gets me to the only, it gets me to a place Nothing else can. And I, of myself, can't get me there. Certainly. Nothing else has gotten me there, but this gets me there. Oh, hell no, you're not taking that away. Mm -mm. So I wanted to bring up a couple of examples of times when when surrendering actually helps you win. Because it has such a negative connotation, right? Like non-recovery related? Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the ways surrender can help you win in blackjack is if the player has a 16 and the dealer has a 10 or a face card, the chances that the player will bust are astronomical on a 16. Astronomical, through the roof. Right. So in that scenario, it makes a lot of sense to actually use the maneuver called surrender in blackjack, which allows you to relinquish only half of your bet. Oh, yeah. And that then allows you to stay in the game for a longer period of time. So there's an instance, by the way, it's interesting as a side note. That when you surrender in casino blackjack, it's the only time it's acceptable to actually vocalize your maneuver. Oh, wow. Every other time in blackjack, it's not acceptable for you to vocalize your maneuver, but it is in surrender. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So there's a scenario where (laughs) surrendering actually helps you stay in the game longer. See. Yeah. Okay. Another scenario, which many people might be familiar with, uh, would you think punting the football on fourth down is a form of surrender? You're surrendering the ball. Yeah, I suppose. 
to the other team. You're willingly giving them the fucking ball. <laughs> I would call that a fucking surrender. Right on. I'll go you know? with you. I see where you're going. Yeah? <laughs> and you do that. Why? Because to give them worse field position. That's right. You know? And it allows you actually a better chance to win the football game yeah. than if you were to go for it mm. on fourth down. Right. So surrendering in football happens all the time. Mm. Right? It's a smaller surrender. I would say that my surrender to my alcoholism and my addiction, which was a much smaller surrender than surrendering my life to my addiction. So oh, yeah. there's a smaller surrender I made. Yeah. Right. So that I didn't have to make the ultimate surrender. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. So <laughs> uh, two real life examples of when surrendering actually helps you win i like it yeah okay so jason why don't you we're going to get back to a couple of other examples where surrendering makes sense in more uh in 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 more complicated life situations where surrendering actually helps you win right um but this i but just keep in our minds, the idea that surrendering something smaller actually helps you win something bigger. Right? It's an overall theme we're going to keep revisiting here yeah. on this show. But l- tell me, you know, we talked about the hopelessness. We talked to you. Get talk to me, Jason, about that surrender point for you, and then just in your experience with, you know your fellows in the recovery community, you know, how surrender uh, actually catapulted recovery? I guess for me, um, you know, I could tell that people were getting connected in the rooms. I could tell that they were forming deep bonds and whatnot when I first started going to meetings, but I still would show up a couple minutes late and I'd leave a couple minutes early so nobody ever get to know me. I I was kind of half paying attention, half not, because I was too stuck in my head. And I think, like, allowing myself to be seen, you know, finally opening my mouth, um, letting people know where I was at. And what I was facing, and what I was dealing with, and that, I, and and really the most important thing, asking them for their help, because mm. that's what I needed to do. And I was like, dude, I don't know you guys, but I need your help. And then, man, it was like just in that one moment, all of a sudden, I get surrounded after the meeting. I get a bunch of numbers. I start getting invited to all sorts of shit. My Facebook blew up with a bunch of friend requests, and you know what, man. At, after I talked to a handful of those people and obviously continuing on getting to know some more of them and uh, getting to know them better, I quickly didn't feel alone anymore. I quickly didn't feel so terminally unique, you know, uh, like people couldn't understand. I mean, a lot of people actually, believe it or not, had like really similar stories to mine. Like I was like, holy fucking shit. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't believe it. So I think that that in and of itself was huge for me. Um, 
And at that point, just to even open my mouth and stuff, I think I was already pretty much to the point where I was ready to follow directions where I knew that I didn't know shit and that I can't make these decisions for myself properly. You know what I mean? I can't get better on my own. So surrender actually for you meant that you were essentially willing to start following directions. Yeah. Asking in order for me to ask to ask for that help, I I was already there where I was ready to receive said help. You know what I mean? Like Isn't that amazing because I very rarely got to a point I never got to a point in my active addiction and alcoholism where I thought that other people had a better idea than I had in terms of how I was going to manage this thing, right? Like ever. Yeah, no, right? no. And if it really sounded like something that was going to be uncomfortable, well, fuck you, you know? Who you, like, no, no, you got it twisted. It's this person's fault or that person's mm-hmm. fault or it's because of this thing or that thing that happened to me. You know, I always had um, a good scapegoat to point the finger at never wanting to look in the mirror you know at myself in those instances and this is when you know when i was ready to surrender was when i was like i knew i knew it was me and that i keep fucking this up i keep flushing life down the toilet i can't i don't know what the hell i'm doing you know i need help of ideas i need help with life (laughs) i've got nothing at this point right and i can so identify with that feeling Mm -hmm. that i'm out of ideas everything that i have tried failed everything managing it not managing it whatever it was trying to limit the kind the type the time the people that i was with Mm-hmm. whether I exercised a lot or not, right? Whether I went to church or I didn't, whether I was married or I wasn't, right? Whether I was getting laid or I wasn't, right? None of that, everything that I tried, and, you know, it talks about that a lot in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, all the things that folks tried, right? They tried to go to uh, go on vacation. They tried to do this. They tried to do that. They tried different kinds of programs, yeah. right? that would in, in the hopes that that then they would then be able to manage drinking right yeah um and none of it worked for me and for me i received the gift of desperation correct which led to my surrender it's such an awesome gift i mean it sucks in the moment it sucks so bad word that's the worst feeling in the world but but that gift of desperation that i received and i mean that when i say it Mm. i didn't do that Mm -mm. that just happened and that was the first first example that I can recall very distinctly God doing for me what I could not do for myself. Mm. Yeah. And that allowed me then to s- surrender because I was desperate. I was truly desperate for anything that might work, that might start to get me to... And again, for me, it wasn't even about not drinking. Like, that wasn't the thing for me, right? 
I just wanted not to ever feel like that ever again. And I never wanted to get back to that such low, awful place ever again. I was willing to do whatever it took. Right. And that's that surrender point. Absolutely, man. So we're going to talk about another instance where surrendering can actually help. Right. Mm. And it's in relationships. Right. Often couples can get into situations where there's a recurrent fight of that happens over and over and over again. <laughs> and no matter how hard they try, they can't move past it. They've both dug their heels in and it becomes abundantly clear that at least for one of them, the issue that is deep-seated part of that fight cannot be resolved for one reason or another, right? You would think maybe then that there would be no way out, right? There's this deep-seated issue. Unless you spend years in therapy or whatever it might be, you might ever get that out. Here comes the suggestion that one of the partners willingly decides to surrender that fight. Right, because really, when you know you're at an impasse, you you get put in this position where you're like, is this something that I'm willing to let go? You know, is that, you know, is this a hill that I want to die on? Or is this something that I can, you know, give up for the sake of, you know, peace? So, so that's perfect, Jason. That is so perfect. In fact, you're going to get the, um, you're, you're on fire. <laughs> you, my friend, are on absolute 100% fire. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> because you you allowed us to circle back to this idea, this concept that we can surrender to win. We can surrender so that we can then win the relationship. We're yeah. surrendering the fight to win the relationship. Right? And actually, in that way, if the one person decides that they're going to surrender... And they've actually chosen to say that the other person wins, which kind of makes them the the the, the judge, or or as a certain somebody might say, the decider. Okay, and that allows them to be the one that wins, really, because they're the ones that have selected the winner. Right. But have you ever done that and then had the other person get pissed off because they're like, no, 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 you can't do that. Like, because they know that you didn't really like come to their side. You just. And that's why it has to be, I think, genuine. It can't be. It can't be this surface level, level like whatever. Like a deep acceptance of, okay, this is part of you and who you this are. This is so fundamentally important to you. And that it's okay for us to Correct. not agree on Correct. something. Correct. That sometimes. I'm willing for you, I'm willing to say, hey, this is this is not this is again not a hill that I'm willing to die on. Right. Okay. And um it's so important to you that you I'm, I'm allowing you to have this one essentially, right? Like I'm with you. 
Yeah. I'm or, with you on this one. Or as they say, agree to disagree. Yeah. So that allows you to surrender in order to be able to win the relationship, right? You're surrendering the fight True that. in order to win the relationship. And then, of course, <laughs> of course, Jason, of course, <laughs> surrendering in order to recover is in our world the ultimate form of surrendering to win. Yeah. Right? This the, whole the paradox, paradox <laughs> of surrendering to win, but in recovery, it is absolutely true that I surrender. Okay? Somebody once told me that the smartest thing they ever did was surrender okay, to a match to stop fighting a match that was rigged from the start, right? And I bought into that because that that made sense to me. Hmm. I didn't have a chance, right? Yeah. When I look at my journey up to this point, backwards, (laughs) you know, and I understand things backwards, and I look at it in retrospect, it's very clear I had no chance against alcoholism and addiction. I had no chance. So the smartest thing I ever did, the best thing I ever did, was surrender, stop fighting a match that was rigged from the beginning. Can you relate? Oh, dude. Totally. And hindsight is always 20-20. 100%. But I mean, I I would dare to say, I mean, even at a young age, before I ever used or drank I can remember like daydreaming about doing it because I was so used to seeing it you know in action around me not you know at my home at at my uh, dad's home on on the weekends when I was with him it was or you know family functions there was always alcohol and consumption and um you know, they made it look fun. So as a kid, you know, and then you get to wrestle around and get sillier with the adults when they're doing that. And like, I don't know, you know, it just, I had this, it was like glorified to me, you know what I mean? From, from an early age. So yeah, I think that definitely plays a part in that whole thing where I bought into an idea before I ever picked it up. Right. And then, yep. You think that it's great and grand and wonderful. So and you were primed from a very early age, right? Yeah. To begin a life of drugs and alcohol, of mood altering yeah. substances. And then like I think when I when I was really bitter with my life, I knew that like weed and alcohol made me feel like to me that was like stuff you do when you want to have fun. But I, mm-hmm. I, I sought out other, you know, other things because I, I wanted full on escape. I wanted to be numb. I didn't want to feel what I was feeling. I just wanted to feel none of it, you know? You know, it was interesting. I was talking with my girlfriend and I was trying to come up with the right word 
on what I was searching for, what I was seeking, and, you know, numb and oblivion and escape all came up. But you know what I was really seeking was bliss. Bliss. Like... Bliss. Nirvana. Yeah. Because because drugs and alcohol for, you know, a for varying pockets of time gave me that complete bliss. Mm-hmm. It was manufactured. Right. And it was temporary. Totally. And it was followed by the often the complete antithesis of bliss but it did give me that state of bliss mm-hmm. and recovery gives me such a a much more meaningful much more authentic and much more true feeling of moments there are moments of bliss, and yeah. I've experienced moments of bliss in recovery. Hell yeah, and they mean some, and you remember them, and they're, yeah, they're much deeper. And I don't, and and that I don't immediately experience the complete antithesis of it either, right? So you know, I, I, you know, my overall sense of well-being is so much higher yeah. in recovery. Okay, so the the like the like the base, right? The level, right? You know, if you talk right. about the, the the water level, right? You know, sea level is much higher in recovery, right? Yeah. And then there are these pockets of bliss, and then there's pockets of of pain too, oh, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, but I bounce back so much quicker. I don't go down as low as far, right? And that's those are all yeah, those are all outcomes. Those are all. Uh, because of you know uh, working a program and having a connection with a power greater. When you look at pain, pain cultivates joy. You know, sorrow cultivates joy. Fear cultivates courage, bravery. Um, these are these are things that we develop. They're like muscles, and we continue to get stronger. You know what I'm saying? As we go along, is if we keep staying clean and doing the next right thing. We just have to keep working our spiritual muscles. Dang right. Yeah? Oh, yeah. So Dr. Judith Orloff, a national bestseller, she wrote a book called The Power of Surrender. Let go and energize your relationship, success, and well-being. And the whole philosophy behind her book is that she is talking about this idea that there's battles all across our spectrum of life that many of us engage in not knowing that really ultimately again it's rigged okay and she says learning to let go of our need to control difficult people win arguments or be in charge changes the way people relate to us Instead of arguing, pushing back, or escalating the conflict with a rageaholic or passive-aggressive person, we can let go, or surrender, of the tension we feel. Once we do that, we can find a simple way to navigate the interaction by agreeing with part of what they say, for example, or by offering a solution that has common benefits. So this idea that I'm going to surrender this all out knockdown drag out with a situation or a person right in order to find where i can win okay 
Sounds pretty smart to me. Yeah. And it's a form of surrender. Yeah, I honestly never thought about it like that. Like, I always kind of thought of surrender and letting go as kind of different facets. But, I get, you know, it makes sense that it would be the same thing. We're, and that's why I think that that serenity prayer really does, is really pertinent here. Oh, yeah. Let it go, man. Bingo. So, yeah. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The <laughs> fact that I'm an alcoholic. The fact that I'm powerless. The fact that my life was unmanageable. I couldn't change any of that. Except the things I can, right? Which for me was me, right? And the wisdom to know the difference. So uh, she goes on to say surrender helps us stay focused, okay? In our business and personal lives, it's easy to get distracted by wrong-headed ideas of success. We compare ourselves to others who are wealthier, higher up on the corporate ladder, thinner, younger, or more attractive. Learning to surrender comparisons right. enables us to wish others well, and then we can refocus on energy in our own opportunities, talent, skills, and assets. As a result, we get instant relief from self-doubt and a big jolt of self-confidence and purpose. Yep. I'd agree with that 110, 110%. So we stop comparing our insides with other people's outsides. Comparison is like the number one stealer of joy. Mmm, yeah. You know what I mean? You. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. I mean... Like oh, what? I love three, that. three years into this thing, right? And I'm I'm still like I have my struggles, sure. But the difference between hell yeah. But the difference between that and now is that I I have the power today to to change my focus, right? To shift my focus to solutions, to shift my focus to the things I have to be grateful for. Um and and holding on to hope and things like that. Like I think that at any given time, any of us as human beings have these, all these different choices within ourselves, within our mind that we could choose to focus on. But, you know, it. so I think when you're stuck in a negative mind frame or whatever, maybe that it's like you're just focusing on the wrong details and that in your current moment, you know, like you got to shift your, your uh, focus. Surrender enables goal attainment. Okay. Mm. We've been taught to keep our eye Firmly on the goal we want to achieve so that everything we do say and accomplish gets us closer to that goal. The problem with this approach is that its premise is faulty. We cannot control outcomes. Right. There's a better way. By keeping your eye on what you can control, your breath, your emotions, your outlook, and your self-care, and I would add your relationship with the God of your understanding, your higher power, Mm -hmm. surprising things will begin to happen for you. You'll feel positive, happy, and healthy. People will respond to you. You'll feel energized and inspired. Soon, you'll have exactly what you want. Yeah, totally. I think that's funny you said that because we were just talking about this last night. Um... That, you know, as long as I'm, you know, everybody knows my my higher power is God. That's what I choose to call my higher power, Jesus Christ. But if I'm being intentional, we were just talking about this, that if I'm being intentional about um, 
you know, making effort towards that relationship each and every day that everything else in my life seems to kind of just like work itself out organically. Like I don't have to even take the time to like intensely focus on any specific area. I just got to keep like getting up in the morning, choosing to pray right away and ask for guidance and like, uh, you know, these things and like get into the word a little bit every day, pray. And that's like, things just go better. They just go better. So when you're intentional about connecting with the God of your understanding, your higher power for you, Jesus Christ, that enables you then to be able to navigate the challenges of the day in a different way. And, And for me, it allows me to tap back into that power mm-hmm. throughout the day, even if I forget for a while, a couple hours, and I'm kind of riding El Struggle Busso. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me struggle too. Struggle Bus. Yeah. yeah and I start getting that old familiar feeling like I'm, you know, um, uh, like I am being dragged behind a pickup. I catch myself before I start licking the windows. Right. Yeah, and it feels literally like I'm being dragged behind a pickup truck on a gravel road. Oh, that's you know, nice. like bounce, 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 and I bounce a few times, right, I don't know. <laughs> and get 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 a little road rash, right, and then I'm able to check myself, get right with the God of my understanding, right. and then just ask that I be fitted to do His will. Yeah. Right. Which means that I can approach each then situation in a way that allows me to be of maximum service. And if I do that, everything works out. Everything. If I if I if I fit myself to be of maximum service and I'm in a situation and I say, which is the, what path, what action, what choice allows me to be of maximum service? It all the time works out. Before I found Christ, I had the same effect from um, putting a focused, determined, uh, you know, effort into my program of recovery. Like things just started to fall into place. You know, Um, people, other people see what's happening with us long before we are aware of it. So, I mean, all of a sudden people's hearts were changing around me in my life. They were starting to be supportive and excited and, and things that, you know, even without making amends a lot of the time, you know, just if, if you do what you got to do for you, things are going to get better and you focus on that. You, you got to work at it. It, it's like, so you could, you could throw the God thing to the side. If you're not there with God, what I call it good orderly direction. Boom. That, that works too. Mm. But yeah, I mean, Getting with a sponsor, working them steps, and really working hard at it, you're going to get this effect like she's talking about there. In recovery, surrender allows us to stop fighting a match that was rigged from the start and redirect that energy to work on the things we can change and influence, which is ourselves and our relationship with our higher power. Yeah? Yep. So, and, and helping other people. Boom. Big, the service big, big. piece. The service is huge. Yeah. Huge. It's not usually the best medicine when I'm feeling off. How many times is surrender, Jason, mentioned <laughs> in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous? Oh, man. I 
The answer will in surprise the, in the you. first 164. The, the first 164, and the answer will surprise you. Three. Wrong. <laughs> Probably. Womp, womp, womp. <laughs> Guess again. 30. We're waiting for a sound effect here. Hold on. <laughs> Guess again. I don't know, man. Uh, 10. Zero times. Not a one? Not one. No way. But you know what they mentioned instead? How many times do you think that I've read that book, too? It's defeat. Been a lot. What the hell? They use the word defeat. <sighs> what the heck? Yep, they use the word defeat. Man. How many times is defeat mentioned in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous? Now, this is for all the Tostitos. Oh. Jason. Defeat. Uh. 21 times. <laughs> this game sucks. <laughs> Six oh, times. Now, here's a couple of times. The first time it's mentioned is when Bill, in Bill's story, he sits down with Abby. Remember Abby Thatcher? Yes, sir. Yeah. But my friend sat before me and he made the point blank declaration that God had done for him what he could not do for himself. His human will had failed. Doctors had pronounced him incurable. Society was about to lock him up for good. Like myself, he admitted complete defeat. Mm. Then he had, in effect, been raised from the dead, suddenly taken from the scrap heap to a level of life better than the best he had ever known. Had this power originated in him? Obviously it had not. <laughs> right. There had been no more power in him than there was in me at that minute, and that was none at all. Boy, can you relate to that? Oh, oh my god, dude. What? Yeah, that's that's real talk. That's that's real. So Bill is sitting across the table from Ebby Thatcher, and Ebby Thatcher was as defeated or more defeated, was was as derelict or more derelict than he was. As powerless or perhaps seemingly more powerless than Bill was. Yet, because he admitted complete defeat, this allowed a new power to take root. Right. And I mean, you think about that. It's like we spend so much time fighting it, trying to figure it out on our own, you know, when all we really have to do is like say, okay, you know, maybe this works and try it and you'll, you'll win too, you know, like surrender to win doesn't have to look like that, you know, like, like it did for a lot of us. It doesn't have to be this, you know raising from the dead so to speak like we can catch it way before that we just have to not be so damn stubborn and proud and prideful you know what i mean like that's all and it's like the most freaking impossible thing in the world like it really is it really is i mean it's easy to be on the other side of it and say oh you just have to admit defeat and surrender it's easy it's so hard it is not easy first step was the hardest it is by far and away Mm-hmm. And it's not even close, the most difficult step. Not even close for me. I It took me over 
20 years of a knockdown, drag out fight with this disease. But when you're ready, it was like easy. Yeah. Right. It's and literally- then once you're completely beat up, defeated, and and desperate, yeah, that moment in time was easy. But the 20 plus years in that knockdown drag out wasn't so freaking easy. Mm-mm. Right. So, no, yeah, like this is the easier, softer way. It's just you got to be willing to get uncomfortable a little bit, you know, to do this work. So in the back of the big book, when it's talking about what a spiritual experience means. I love that part. Yeah. One of the things it says, and I quote, most emphatically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his or her problems in the light of our experience can recover provided he does not close his or her mind to all spiritual concepts. He or she can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find no one need to have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery. But these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. You know, I mean, I always tell people, I'm like, just do the work. And see what happens because... Like an experiment. I Yeah, because I didn't have any kind of spirituality whatsoever until I did the work. And then I started to feel spiritual life. And I enjoyed that. It worked marvelous for me for many months before I did actually end up coming to Christ. But right. I... Wasn't looking for God, I but I knew what spirituality was, dude. Boy, tell, let me tell you, I felt it, and I I knew this was something I'd never felt before, and it was freaking awesome. So you can still get spirituality without knowing God or Buddha or whatever. Whatever it is, like I still to this day don't have a name for the God of my understanding. I always just refer to the God of my understanding as the God of my understanding, which continues to grow, which continues to, you know reveal itself to me. Hell yeah. That's right? That's a good way to put it too. And when I let go, yeah. speaking of surrender, of needing to have an idea of what it was and I just started, like you said, just started doing the work and just started working through the steps. Mm-hmm. I had a belief that there was a power greater than me. And so I acted as if, and I started praying to that God of my understanding. And I didn't know who or what I was praying to, but I was praying. And I was praying in earnest. Yeah. And my life started changing. And I started changing. Yeah. So I say this over and over, but I cannot, I cannot say it enough. My recovery my recovery, almost four years, is rooted in a belief of a God that I still don't really understand. Okay? That's how powerful the God of my understanding is. That I don't even need to understand Him in order for it to work. Right. In order for that power to change my life. You know my how understanding you feel. isn't fucking required. Right. 
you know how you feel and you and you you cherish it and you you ain't gonna let it go even if you don't know what it is that's right doesn't matter there's no way there is no way that i will let go willingly of my relationship with the god of my understanding there is no way and like i said i i i called it spirituality i just was like i this is what a spiritual life feels like i mean and i really think it's a result of cleaning all that fucking junk out of us you know Mm -hmm. the secrets we dump it all you know the secrets the resentments we let go of our anger we forgive everybody whether they fucking deserve it or not we do that for us so we can be free and dude you feel this feeling and you're like what is that huh it's cool you know at first you're like this shit's weird real this freedom yeah it's mm-hmm. really weird i mean honestly like sometimes still feels foreign to me absolutely and that's all right like you said we don't have to understand no. that and really i believe for all intents and purposes we're all trying to get to the same thing when it comes to spirituality whether it's buddha whether it's uh, jesus christ whether it's allah whether it's you know whatever it is okay we're all trying to get to the same thing yeah okay and we have imperfect understandings mm-hmm. of right well, imperfect yeah. understandings because in my mind we're, we're trying to understand something perfect right and we're we all have imperfect understandings of what that is well, and it's so much bigger than us i mean we're like a speck under the toenail of a giant this is like the giant's world not the giant but like that giant's world and we're trying to like wrap our heads around that shit good luck pal for real (laughs) so in the 12 by 12 right so that's the 12 steps and 12 traditions yes sir (laughs) here's how step one starts out yeah who cares to admit complete defeat Practically no one, of course. Every natural instinct cries out against the idea of personal powerlessness. It is truly awful to admit that glass in hand, joint, whatever it is. We have warped our minds into such an obsession for destructive drinking, using that an act that only an act of providence can remove it from us. No other kind of bankruptcy is like this one. Alcohol, drugs, your addiction, now become the rapacious creditor, bleeds us of all self-sufficiency, in all will to resist its demands. Once this stark fact is accepted, our bankruptcy as going human concerns is complete. By upon, But upon entering the program we soon take quite another view of this absolute humiliation we perceive that only through utter defeat are we able to take our first steps toward liberation and strength our admissions of personal powerlessness finally turn out to be the firm bedrock upon which happy and purposeful lives may be built we know that little good can come to any alcoholic or addict who joins the program unless that person has first accepted their devastating weakness and all its consequences until he or she so humbles themselves their sobriety if any will be precarious yeah absolutely that's, I don't know that I could say it any better. That's well put, man. I love that book. And this idea that in order to have a power greater than myself start to manifest in my life, 
whatever that might be. I need to relinquish my power over this thing, right? Yep. Because as long as I'm continuing to exert my will, my power, my control, my ideas, the power, a power greater than myself cannot, cannot. Two powers cannot exist in the same space. Right, you're making room. <laughs> you Bingo. Know? You're, you're, like, you're like, let me move this shit out of this room and you can move into your new room. Higher power, here you go. You're you, opening that channel for that power yeah, to... Yeah, you, you got a home in me now and I I promise, like, uh, even if I slip up and I try to run the show, I'm going to catch myself and I'm going to give it back to you, the control, because I suck. And not only... <laughs> And not only, and we're going to use that over and over in our recovery, right? So we use it in the in the most critical uh, uh, time in step one in order for our recovery to begin to take root and this power greater than ourselves to start to manifest because we've removed, we've, we've, we've created that space. Right. Okay. But that's going to then, we're going to use that technique. Mm-hmm. In other instances, right, right? dude, like where we your, don't have power, where we are powerless, like in your fifth step, showing up, suit up, show up to that shit, um, and try not to like pay any attention to the worries, which you're for surely gonna have about what your sponsor is gonna say about all that shit. You know, when you go to do your amends, you're gonna have to exercise this skill to suit up and show up. And not have expectations about what you think, how you think it's going to go. And I mean, in my experience, I'll tell you right now, if you do this shit and you do it right, you're going to be flabbergasted at how butterfucking smooth all these things work themselves out. No doubt. And, and, and you like, didn't have to have any, you didn't have yeah. to have your, your control in it and mucking it all up. And I'm like, seriously, dude, like I seriously <laughs> spent like my whole fucking life running from this and feeling sorry for myself you know like half the time i think i convinced myself that i was willing to step up and be be able to face it if but like i felt like a victim you know and then other times when i'd really think about like doing something about it hell yeah i'd cower in fear and you know facing this shit it you know i don't know man it's crazy it just becomes so much easier than you ever thought, and it, it works itself out naturally. I think your higher power can has that power to change other people's hearts, and the the circumstances that you are facing really in a miraculous ways too. Just because you're doing right, like word gets around, people hear, they see, they're watching, whether they tell you they're watching or not. You know, they're paying attention. I call it getting out of my own way often. Dude, right? Totally. That's a good way to put it. You know? <laughs> so we got some calls, brother. Hell yeah. You ready? Yes. All right. We got Buddy coming up. Hey, Charlie, Buddy C. Cartersville, Georgia. Uh, and surrender is one of my favorite topics because surrender is what took me so long to get. Mm. Um, I always thought this was God helping me with something. And in that whole aspect, there was never a surrender. Uh, I was asking for help, but I was never letting go and stopping the self-effort. Mm. So I had to learn how to stop the self-effort. Does it mean I don't do anything? 
But uh, what it means is I turn my attention to someone I can help instead of trying to help me. And in me helping someone else, then I get the help I'm looking for. Uh, it always goes back to that. Uh, we truly surrender to win. It took me six years of in and out in this program, in the program of AA, until I learned to surrender, to let go, that I could not do this. This had to be God doing for me and me learning to be. So, uh, great topic. I uh, look forward to hearing everyone's comments. Thanks for your service. Best line in there, God doing for me and me learning to be. That is really profound, buddy. Buddy. I got goosebumps. Dang, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Dang. I'm going to give it. Buddy's on fire. <sighs> buddy's absolutely 100% on fire, brother. <laughs> yes. So, one of the things I liked about what Buddy said, and that I introduce as often as I can, is I stopped worrying and thinking about me and I turn my attention to somebody that I can help. Yeah. And invariably I find the answer in that. That's the that's that's getting out of the way. That's and and buddy also said it is not about not doing anything, right? It's about not being having to be the the, the judge the jury, right? And um, being the one that makes all the decisions is in control, right? Awesome call, buddy. Awesome call. We got another call coming up, and I think this is Ev, so let's listen to Ev right now. Hello, my name is Ev. Um, I'm a recovering alcoholic. Hi, Ev. Canada. Ev. And what I would like to say I just had a relapse, and um, I feel like I've realized the the feeling that comes from surrender. Um, I I reached out, and a, a friend of mine reached out to me, and he was the first person that I told what happened and um, there is very much freedom in that um, I I don't know I've, I've had like quite a, a bit of a long history with, with alcohol and I, I felt like how could this how could this happen again? It is so the mind is so cunning, baffling and powerful and um I I don't I don't know how it happened again. Like I feel like I've certainly felt that pain and like put myself through enough garbage that shouldn't have happened again. But anyway, it did. And um, so, yeah, so admitting that and, and really surrendering that and releasing it 
out. Um, I feel like it's it set me free a little bit, and um, and yeah, I'm off to a meeting now and stuff. Good job. And I feel like I want I want to get back on track. Um, so yeah, so thank you for letting me share. Ev, thank you so much for reaching out and calling. And, you know, the the idea that you had the courage and the bravery to call and to share about your relapse. Uh, you have, you'll never know how many people you just helped by being so brave and being so so vulnerable and authentic with your 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 relapse experience and uh, uh, heart goes out to you Ev and uh, um, you know uh, keep doing the next right thing Jason all I want to say is I love you girl I'm really glad that you did call per my suggestion and I I just want you to know that you know, you have to take into consideration, like you said, that this is cunning, baffling, powerful, but also that this is what you know, right? That this has been your solution, that this has been your go-to when when times get hard. Um, looking at your current situation and the things that have been happening lately for you, you know, figuring out where were you lacking in your program, what what uh, things were you allowing to be in your environment that were not good for your serenity? You know, like you need your environment has to be as conducive to your recovery as the amount of work you're putting in as well. So, you know, just learn the lessons that you need to learn to strengthen your recovery from here out. And you know that you got us behind you and you got a lot of people behind you, honey. So, you're a warrior, sister. You are a warrior, and I am so grateful that you decided to call in and that you uh, took your happy ass straight to a meeting, right? Bam! After. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Now, I believe I know this gentleman quite intimately, That this next caller. Hmm. Um, uh, Jason, this is my sponsor. Uh, oh, right called on. in, and uh, uh, he may mention in here that I don't call him enough, which is a fact. <laughs> Charles, this is your brother John. I'm calling from Apple Valley, Minnesota, in the United States of America. USA. America. I've got to talk a little bit about surrender. Uh, surrender is something I have to do every day. It's a daily process for me. And on some days I'm reminded uh, more uh, than others about how
I was uh, nearly 54 by the time I made that decision, so it took a long time. You know, this, this disease will um, will make you believe things that aren't true for a long, long time if you keep letting yourself believe them. Oh, yeah. Uh, and until you surrender to the fact that this disease is going to have you for the rest of your life, uh, you probably aren't going to get better. Hmm. So uh, that's what it took for me. It took me uh, finally coming to the realization that uh, I had two options, die or get better. And uh, hopefully most of us <laughs> choose the get better route. Uh, I did, thankfully. Uh, and I got to tell you that life uh, after having surrendered and having uh, decided to get better and live in my life the way that I, I should live it, uh, which is clean and sober, uh, 24 hours at a time, uh, I couldn't ask for a better life. I honestly uh, am the happiest uh, person that I've, uh, I've been since probably uh, I was a kid. So there you have it. That's my uh, short little story for you about surrender and how I uh, have to do that. Uh, I John's on fire. He's on fire. At some point in their life, uh, if they haven't already, that that needs to be done, that they need to get better. And the only way to do that is to uh, give yourself up, give your will over to the care of your higher power, uh, in my case, the grace of God. Right. Thank you. I will talk to you soon. I- he said, I hope. He, he was going to say, I hope. I hope. Charlie. <laughs> call Brother your sponsor. John, thank you so <laughs> much for calling in. And the, the, the thing that I love about you, John, is you remind me that I need to surrender Erday. 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 Oh, speaking of today. Not just once, not just, it's not just a one-time thing. It's Erday. Erday. My sponsor's birthday is today. Well, happy birthday to so Jason's Michael. Sp- oh, should we, we could do an impromptu. Happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Michael. Happy birthday to you. I love you, bro. You saved my yeah. fucking life. Uh, All right, we got Seth coming up. Okay. We're actually alive. We got Jack. We got Jack. Whoops. Hey, uh, my name is Jack Redeem. Apples, Minnesota. You might know this guy. I'm it's my cousin. In regards to uh, alcoholism, trying to find a way to kick the habit. It's sort of a sort of a. Uh, Tough one to do, man. Anyway, uh, I guess I'll call back when I talk to somebody uh, real. Uh, I mean, you know, like, uh, <laughs> li- you know, uh, maybe I'll just listen to your podcast here and uh, go from there. I like the idea of listening to the podcast. He did call yes. back, so we, should we see what he says? Oh, says? dude, that was his first one? Yeah. That's hilarious. I yeah. told you that he he said to delete the yeah, first one. Whoops. Anyway, my question here for the comment was about surrender. Like, you know, I've tried numerous times to, uh, to put, I mean, you know, by myself with alcohol and it is it is hard to do uh, I just want to get some insight on uh, 
of some other experiences that other people have uh, as far as quitting or I'll, I'll admit, you know, it's a struggle. Definitely a struggle. And uh, it's just uh, having a hard time with it. It's one of the gets me input, I guess. Uh, so I appreciate the you know, um, first of all, Jack, brother, we've all been there. Yep. Every single one of us has been there. And I intimately know the, the place where you are right now. Not knowing, being in that horrible place where you can't quit, right? But you can't be sober. And struggling with this concept of surrender and this idea of surrender. Thank you, brother, for calling. Thank you for reaching out. You know, really the only requirement for 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 anything recovery-related is a desire. Right. Right? Yep. To stop. Yeah. Okay? They usually say, like, if you show up to a meeting drunk, they'll just ask you to listen and if you need to talk to somebody to wait until after the meeting, you know, um, but they will never kick you out and ever. You could hear what you need maybe from that meeting. Um, bro, I love you. I'm glad that you did call as well. You know, I thought that it was just a trip this week. Some of the, that I was put in these situations, right? Like to have these conversations with people I care about or that I know that, haven't been able to get it in your case or like in Ev's case, you know, recently fell off and what happened and why is it so difficult? And I, I appreciate your guys's perspectives on this. Um, also want you to know that I'm here for you, Jack, you know, you, all you got to do, man, is get a sponsor. Like surrendering to you in your, in your world right now is Go to meetings, even though you don't want to get a sponsor, even though you're not sure if you need one and do what he says. And that's it. You know, just be willing to do that um, and give it a try. Like, you know what I'm saying? It. You don't have to understand it. Just just do that. And if you do, I bet you, you get better. There's I bet absolutely you a better way yeah. than what's happening right now. And if you're sick and tired of trying it your way. Try it the way other people who have felt like you felt, did what you did, and said what you said, and thought what you thought, right? <laughs> Try it their way. Let's give the callers a rounding round Yay. of applause, huh? Love you guys. Louie. And we got Louie, Louie the recovery dog, he's and he's going to get sprayed by the water bottle, and we are, <laughs> and we are. Louie was raping me. That was uncomfortable. That was a little awkward. <laughs> it was it really was, yeah, no, it was, yeah, it was a little awkward. <laughs> Jason, what a podcast! Yeah, man. So call us. Uh, we've got we've got to you know we've got to have an on air production meeting. We got to we yes. got to talk about the next topic. Next okay? topic um, of uh, the way out podcast, and you know we've got a number of topics that we can choose from. So let's just throw those open and let's just have an on air production meeting on what our next 
Um, I think the gift of desperation keeps coming up. Ooh, no. It's, it's been, it was speaking to me today, you know. Our next episode will be on. Oh, that was easy. <laughs> the gift of, of desperation. desperation. So stay tuned. So um, tightly related to surrender, but it's but it's that place that happens right before the surrender, right? Yeah, it's that, not the same thing. It is not, it is the, not same. the same thing, nope. you guys. It is <laughs> super different. Totes. Okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening to The Way Out Podcast. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, have a good night. Thank you for being a part of The Way Out, where we share stories from people just like you who have recovered from alcoholism and other addictions. If you would like to reach out to the show, you can visit us on the web at wayoutcast.com. That's wayoutcast, all one word, dot com. Or drop your host a friendly email at share at wayoutcast.com. There, you can also find links to previous episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podcast Garden. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the podcast, contact me at share at wayoutcast.com. See you next time. And remember, if you don't change, your sobriety day will. <laughs>